happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back. We made it the end of the work week, and we're heading into the weekend with all this really bleak political news. I hope everyone is going to have a relaxing weekend because recharging your mind and body is what is needed right now more than ever. We're heading into fall, and that means back to school. Is everyone ready? So for those of you tuning in, this is season two of Gravit Bazaar Sex News. Big thanks and a shout out to everyone who's listening and a huge thanks to the friends who are writing me for advice. So as I stated in my last podcast episode for season two, we're doing things a little differently. So last season, I would post two separate shows. One would be um, latest Bazaar Sex News and the other would be me answering questions and giving advice. So my team and I, we've decided to condense those shows into just one show. So the first half of this show is going to be, be me talking about bizarre news. And then the second half is going to be me answering letters. So please feel free to let me know if you like this new format. So let's get started. But before we do, just remember, if you're not 18 or older, you need your parents' permission to listen because you cannot be listening if you are 18 or under without your parents' consent. So, all right, let's get started. Our first story is from Crime. It's written by Woods Kyle Mitchell. It is about a priest who is accused of bizarre abuse. This was posted August 23rd of 2019. So in Lansing, Michigan, a Catholic priest living in Berrien County is accused of secreting away a teenage boy and holding him against his will in the janitor's room of St. Margaret's Church in Ostego. Father Brian Stanley, 57, of Coloma, appeared in court via video feed Thursday where he was formally charged with unlawful imprisonment. The Michigan Attorney General's office says the crime occurred in fall of 2013 when Stanley was asked by the victim's family to help counsel their son. Stanley immobilized the victim by wrapping him tightly in plastic wrap and using masking tape as additional binding. The boy's eyes and mouth were also covered, according to the AG's office. Stanley left the victim bound and alone in the janitor's room for over an hour before returning and eventually letting him go, according to a news release. The attorney's general office says it was a sexually motivated crime. As our team continues to pour over what we previously thought was hundreds of thousands of pages of documents, but is now known to be millions of pages seized from all seven Michigan dioceses last year, we know this is still only the beginning, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel said in a statement, that this is about taking on large-scale institutions that turn a blind eye to victims and make certain we hold them accountable. That includes unapologetically pursuing any and all individuals who abuse their power to victimize our residents. Authorities say Stanley is no longer an active priest. The charge against Stanley is the result of information from the files seized from the diocese in October of 2018, according to a news release. The news release states it is apparent from Archdiocese records that Stanley had been engaging in this type of conduct with the binding material for decades. The Diocese of Kalamazoo said it twice alerted police to reported incidents involving Stanley, but authorities did not file charges. The diocese issued the following statement regarding the case against Stanley. And, quote, we promptly placed Friar Brian Stanley on administrative leave 
pending the outcome of the police investigation according to the Ostego Police Department. The complaint was not criminal and there would be no charges. Four years later, the diocese learned of additional allegations involving Friar Stanley. We reported these incidents to the Coldwater Police Department. No charges were filed by law enforcement. We placed Friar Stanley on administrative leave from active ministry in January of 2017. He remains on administrative leave and is prohibited from public ministry. We remain steadfast in our commitment to promote greater protection and safeguards of all people, particularly for children and vulnerable adults. We adhere to the National 2002 Charter for the Protection of Young People, which guides all that we do. We continue to cooperate with the Office of the Michigan Attorney in its ongoing investigation. We encourage the reporting of clergy sex abuse to the Attorney General's office by calling the established hotline at 844-324-3374. End quote. News Channel 8 con- contacted the Coldwater Police Department to find out why charges were not brought following this investigation, but the officers have yet to return their calls. According to the Ostego Police Chief Gordon Conkle, charges were not filed when his department originally investigated it because the priest and the victim said that the restraint was part of an agreed punishment for a troubled boy who had disciplinary problems. Conkle says the boy's parents also did not believe that he had any wrongdoing in the part of the priest at the time of the investigation. The teen was using marijuana and had poor grades and came to Stanley for help. Stanley's bond was initially set at $100,000, but the judge has reduced it to $5,000 at his arraignment. Under the stipulation, he has no contact with any minors. If convicted, Stanley could face 15 years in prison and could be required to register as a sex offender. He is scheduled to be back in court on August 29th. Our second story, in this liberated age, anything between consenting adults in private goes, well in the West anyway, and almost anything. What though if the adult can't consent because they're dead? This is what a man currently on trial for murder in Wales is alleged to have done. Christopher May is a former butcher who is alleged to have put his skills to an unspeakable use. May met 47-year-old Tracy Woodford in a public housing last April. They left together, and she was never seen alive again. When police searched his premises after being alerted by the victim's family, they found body parts in his shower. Her head was found later. She had been strangled and raped after death. May's defense is that she attacked him, and he killed her in self-defense. His trial is scheduled to last two weeks, And the evidence so far has been blood-curdling and harrowing, to say the least. about the current sex trend all over the world where people are wearing airpods during sex and here's why this is written by the daily star june 14th of 2019 
Apparently wearing AirPods during sex is a thing now. AirPods are often worn on commutes, in the gym, but now people are reportedly wearing them during sex. According to a study conducted by TickPick, an online marketplace, one in five AirPod owners claim to have sex while wearing the wireless headphones. At least 20% of respondents claimed that they were getting down and dirty while blasting a tune in their Bluetooth headphones. The research was conducted to explore how music influences preferences and expectations in the bedroom. More than a thousand people were surveyed online, all of whom said they were sexually active and also enjoyed listening to music. According to the study, 57% of people were satisfied with their sex life, but the likelihood of sexual enjoyment varied depending on the preferred genre of music. At the top of the list were country fans with a whopping 66.3% reporting sex, sexual satisfaction in their sex life. Those who enjoyed the blues genre were just below that at 64%, while heavy metal and pop were at the bottom of the list with 57.9% and 57.2%. Fans of hip-hop or rap reportedly prefer doing it doggy style and are less likely to give oral pleasure. The study also found nearly one in four folk fans said that they've cried during sex, while 48% are into BDSM. As for the heavy metal fans, they prefer the reverse cowgirl sex position, while reggae, folk, and EDM are more likely to go on top. But if you plan on wearing AirPods during sex, it's worth considering the very high risk of one of them following, falling out in the process of intercourse. Well, we've entered the second half of my podcast where it's time for letters to Jessica. We're going to start with the first one. It's from a female from New York. She writes, Dear Jessica, am I wrong for being hesitant about getting into a relationship with a guy because I know for a fact he suffers from severe depression and anxiety? I just don't know if I can handle being in a relationship when he goes through severe episodes. Also, my mom has the same diagnosis and it makes me worried that that's all I will ever attract. Do you have any advice to give on the subject? And thanks. Well, first off, thank you so much for writing me this letter. Are you wrong for being hesitant about getting into a relationship with a guy because you know that he has um, depression and anxiety? I would say no. I would say that that is normal to feel. I know that when we get in a relationship, we have an ideal person that we want. We want him to be strong or funny or caring and we want everything to be perfect but let's just remember that we are living in reality and not everything can be perfect so the thing that I want people to understand about depression is that it is not life ending especially if that person is medicated and he knows his dosages and he doesn't skip his dosages um more people have anxiety than you think. Um, public speaking is the number one anxiety in the world. Everyone hates doing it. I have anxiety um, as well. Um, and more people suffer from depression than you would realize. It's just that depression goes on different spectrums. And what I'm hearing from you is that he's on and in the higher spectrum of depression. And you don't feel like you can handle that. I don't think there's anything wrong with you admitting that you can't handle it. And I don't think there's any wrong, anything wrong with you already setting up that boundary as 
of what you don't want in your life. He may be a great guy. And if he is, then be his friend, be his support. Because I think a lot of people don't realize before you get in a relationship, you really need to be friends with that person so you know if you're compatible enough. Because that's the whole point of dating is that you like this person enough. He was a good friend. We're going on this date and we're compatible emotionally as well as physically. And we've decided to move it forward and take it to the next level and be together. So if you don't feel like you can handle that, that's not a bad thing. That just means that you know yourself pretty well. But at the end of the day, does that mean you need to be snooty about it? No, it means that you need to make sure that you are taking care of yourself as well, that you're doing the things you need to do so you don't get into a depressive state or an anxiety-ridden state. And you said that your mom has the same diagnosis, so that means that you've watched this. But the whole point is, what stage did you watch? Because if it's your mom, that means you saw her before she got on medication, you saw her when she took her medication, she felt better and was like, I don't need medication because eight out of 10 people with these episodes do that where they take the medication, it makes them feel better and then they feel like they don't need the medication. Then they get off the medication and they kind of spiral out. So with that being said, that you could, you know, do it that way. But the issue is not, are you wrong? There is no right or wrong when it comes to your life. There's only decisions that lead to another decision that leads to another decision that leads to another decision. So there is no right or wrong answer. Um, Like I said, if anything, most people with depression and anxiety, they're very hard on themselves mentally inside of their minds. So the only thing that you can do is be there for them and be his friend. And if you're okay with that, then be okay with that. And be honest with him. Don't lead him on because then that triggers his anxiety even more. And it can trigger his depression even more. And do you need to say, I don't want to be with you because you got anxiety and depression? No, you don't need to say that. You could say, you know, at this point in time in my life, I don't think I'm mature enough to be in a relationship with you because X, Y, Z, P, D, Q. That doesn't make you a bad person and he'll probably respect you for it. And once you guys have that conversation again, if he's a good friend to you and you're a good friend to him, then just be his friend because that's really what everyone wants is is friends. Depression is a very isolating disease. And the number one thing you do to get these people out of isolation is you just be their friend, be there for them. That means, hey, you want to go for a walk today with me? Hey, I'm going to the park. Or they don't want to get out of bed. Hey, I'm coming over and hanging out with you in bed. You know what I'm saying? Or hey, you just need a hug from me? Here's a hug. But the number one thing we need to do is we need to remove the stigma around depression and anxiety because again, more people have it than you think. So... And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but if your mom was diagnosed with it, there's a possibility that you may go through it. Mm-hmm. So we always want to be mindful. We always want to be careful. And most of all, we always want to make sure that we're treating others the way that we would want to be treated, right? Thank you so much for the letter. I hope I gave you some good advice and let me know how it goes.
Our second letter comes from a male in Atlanta. He writes, Dear Jessica, my girlfriend told me she enjoys watching male gay porn. I asked her why, and she says she likes how their asses and muscles look. I don't know what to do with this information. Any suggestions? Well, (laughs) I think your girlfriend is being honest. About 60% of women enjoy watching gay porn. And the reason is if you've ever watched... Um, straight porn the camera focuses way more on the girl and for some women it can make you feel insecure because they're beautiful you know and they're weirdly beautiful in a way that normal women can't relate to and sometimes straight porn doesn't turn a woman on because straight porn is not made for a woman straight porn is actually made for men gay porn is made to you know entice gay men and gay men like what you know women like so seeing a muscular man seeing his features seeing the contours of it it turns her on I'm pretty sure of it does that mean that she wants to (laughs) only watch gay porn no but it could mean that that's where she feels more comfortable with because it's men and she likes to watch men so don't ever get caught up in oh my god we gotta always buy gay porn she may not even want to watch it with you and don't feel bad if she doesn't want to watch it with you because I'm sure you don't want to watch gay porn because you're a straight man right so it's a win-win but I wouldn't judge her on it and I would never bring it up in a conversation with my homeboys my homegirls my mama or my daddy you know what I'm saying that's a personal preference and she trusted you enough to tell you about it so if anything what do you do with this information you put it in your rolodex of information my girl likes to watch gay porn because she likes to see those muscular men on there and you leave it there so find out who her favorite you know gay porn people are to watch and for her birthday if you want you buy her the box set or you buy the poster of him you know what I mean make it where you're you're not so worried about it Make it comfortable for her. Make it comfortable for yourself. Because that's the whole thing with sexuality. Sexuality is a spectrum. And you've got to be comfortable with yourself in order to be comfortable with someone else's sexuality. And if you aren't, then you're not going to be okay with their preferences. You're going to start taking that personal, well, she likes that, and what if I'm... And you're not going to do all of that. Again, it's just porn. It's just entertainment. That's it. And like I said straight porn is centered around the woman and most women want to see the man so thank you so much for your letter I hope it goes well for you let me know how it goes Mexico. She writes, Dear Jessica, I know this letter will sound trifling. Oh, shit. (laughs) But I do know some serious advice. I do need, excuse me, some serious advice as well as an unbiased opinion. When I met my fiance, he had a girlfriend. Okay. I thought she was a mega bitch because she was very mean to me and my group of friends. So I stole him from her. Oh my God. At first, I felt great about it. I even went so far as to rub it in her face that he was having sex with me while he was with her. But now, after being with him for two years, I feel horrible. I realize now that she may have loved him truly, 
and I realize I don't, what should I do? Ooh, honey. This letter does sound trifling. I'm going <laughs> to start that off, honey. This letter is trifling. You was trifling. But, you know, no tea, no shade, no pink lemonade. You know what I mean? I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to give you some good advice. So what this sounds like is every girl that I've ever met who um, is competitive. And I think men don't realize just how competitive women are. Women are more competitive than men. And do you know why women are more competitive than men? It's because we live in a man's world where men constantly tell us that we cannot do this and we cannot do that. So a woman's prerogative is to, oh, I can't. I'm going to show you that I can. I can do it 10 times better than you, right? The whole joke about women cheating, men always say it. Women cheat better than men. And that's because, again, we're in a man's world and women have to overcompensate. That overcompensation goes to competitions, to being the prettiest, to being the smartest, being the brightest, being the baddest bitch. So don't forget that, okay? So that's exactly what this letter sounds like. This letter sounds like new chick came in and probably was feeling herself. You know, I'm that bitch. And she probably rubbed you the wrong way. And you did this out of spite and out of pettiness. Because this is petty shit. You know what I mean? This is shit petty bitches do. Girl, I don't even like that nigga. But I'm going to take him anyway just to prove a point. And I know you don't want to admit it. But we're two years in. And if we're really going to get this fixed up, you got to admit it. You need to admit that you was petty as hell. And that you were... A mean girl. And I know you're going to say, well, Jessica, she was mean to me first, but who controls our actions? We control our actions. So her being mean to you or not, you got to rise above that. Rise above it. And you didn't. Instead, you got her man. And as you said, he's your fiance now. So you got her man and you fleeced him so good that now y'all are in a two-year engagement. And I bet that y'all have probably argued the whole way or you have had to manipulate him the whole way. And the sad thing about it is you rubbed this in this girl's face and you told her that you were having sex. So now, if you really want to make this right, you're going to have to sit down with both of them. And I'm sure two years, she's moved on. And I'm sure this is going to be one of the hardest things you ever do. But you're going to have to sit down and you're going to have to say exactly what you said to me. That you don't even love this man. That this was all based on you being immature and petty. And you need to ask for forgiveness. And you need to truly, genuinely mean it. Because if you don't mean it, you don't mean it. And I want to say 365 days times two. So that's over 700 days that you could have told this man the truth. Because I'm pretty sure you didn't tell him that you was doing this just to spite spite his girlfriend. I'm pretty sure you probably said some horrible things to sway him to leave her for you. And you're going to have to sit in that. 
and you're going to have to really, really think about all the bullshit you pulled to get him. And you're going to have to come clean to him. And you're going to say, babe, I think we need to call this wedding off because I'm not in love with you. And yeah, he may have a good job and he may be smart and he may be funny, but you just said it yourself. You know you don't love this man and you know that in your heart, the girl he was with was probably his soulmate. And from what I'm getting, you feel bad, probably because he's probably talked about her with those puppy dog eyes. And it probably made you feel like, damn, I'm not even going to do the same shit she was doing for him. So you owe it to this man to sit him down, be genuine with his feelings as well as your feelings and tell him the truth. Now, you also owe it to old girl to thoroughly apologize. Now, does that mean you need to do it in person? I wouldn't because old girl is probably going to want to whoop your ass. (laughs) If she already hasn't tried and failed, she probably is going to want to do it again. And I know you like, Jessica, be real. I'm being real. Put yourself in her shoes. The one of a possible person that you could have married, had children with, and lived a happily ever after was taken over a petty bitch because she wanted to prove that she was she could get your man. You would want to whoop her, right? So I would say you need to find this female. You need to write her a letter first and let her know that you were petty. You were immature and you need to tell her why. Because this is the thing. When people, when women especially say, girl, she was a bitch to me. That was your perception. What if she wasn't a bitch? What if she's just one of those girls who don't talk to other people unless she knows them, which I'm like that. What if she's one of those girls who doesn't smile unless she's being smiled at? I'm one of those girls. You know what I'm saying? So that's the thing with perception. What if she wasn't a bitch? What if she just saw new girls who she wasn't sure were going to be cool to her? And I'm going to say, me personally, I've had that happen. I've had where I've had girlfriends or friend girls who I thought were super cool. And next thing I know, they're not. And I think a lot of females have had that where you thought a group of girls were your friends and they weren't. So now that you're in a new environment, you're very guarded because you don't know what it is and it can come off as you being a bitch. So I want you to think about that. What if she wasn't being a bitch? What if that's just your perception at the time? So you need to let her know that. I thought you were a bitch, but after careful consideration, after careful thoughtfulness, I realized that it was me who was being the bitch. And I pulled a get one on her before she gets one on me because I was immature and I was petty at the time and I'm asking for your forgiveness because now after two years, I realize that this man loves you and you probably truly loved him. And I need to step aside and I need to ask for your forgiveness. And if you guys can work through that and she wants to meet you in person so you can apologize in person, do that. But don't be dumb about it. Bring a homegirl and not that one homegirl who always poppy off. Don't bring Miss Poppy or Miss Aggie. Bring the level-headed homegirl with you who can help you do this the right way. Because this is the thing. You reap what you sow. And now you have reaped what you sow competition, competitive edge, it does not reap any other benefits than winning by any means necessary. 
That is why I do not like competitions. That's why I'm not a competitive person because it does not teach you the value that it needs to. It just doesn't. So I want you to think about that. But for this to work the way that you want, you're going to have to do a lot of soul searching and you're going to have to ask for a lot of forgiveness from both parties. And if you can, you may want to play matchmaker. You could even go that far. But I don't know. You've done a lot of damage here. You've done two years worth of damage. 700 plus days worth of damage that has caused a humongous chasm between these two people and they may never want to see each other again or they may want to and you may be the one to bring them together but in all honesty in all fairnessness I'm proud of you no one else says that I do I'm proud of you for acknowledging that you were petty I'm proud of you for acknowledging that you were competitive and I'm proud of you for not trying to trap this man any longer than need be because that's what this is. It's a trap and honey, don't get pregnant because that's a real trap, right? So let him go, but do it with love on both ends. Thank you so much for the letter and you have a great day.